It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get you ready for today's game against the Kings. We've got night one of a back-to-back in L.A. tonight and then back home tomorrow night hosting the New York Rangers. And uh, I'm glad the Sharks don't have a couple of days off, actually, because I want to see them get right back at it and get right back to playing. I I think that they played a good game the other night, and I'd like to see that group out there again on the ice, get more Nico Sturm, get more Logan Couture, get them out there, see what they can help the Sharks do over the course of the next couple of games before we get into the break. Because for me, that's ultimately what I want to see is the Sharks show some improvement heading into the break. And that doesn't mean they're going to win every game, but I think the offensive production, first and foremost, is the one that comes into question the most. When they came home from that 3-2-1 road trip and beat Winnipeg, I think at that point you're like, okay, you didn't score a lot of goals in that one, but at least you held on for the win. You're 4-2-1 then at that point. But with the loss of Nico Sturm, uh, that seemed to set off a cascading line of events that put the Sharks just in a hole Uh, overall offensively that they had one good game where they scored four against Ottawa and four against Vancouver. Otherwise um, they had not been able to do much offensively. They do get players back into their lineup, Logan Couture, as well as Nico Sturm. And they put a five spot on the ducks and hold on for a win. Now, of course, tonight is a tough, tough challenge going up against LA, but LA has not been very good at home. They are, you know, eight, eight and five overall at home and, on the road, they're 14-5-3, and three. so that's where they've been really separating themselves. And the Kings have been in a rough spot as of late, 2-5-3 and three overall. So I think tonight's game presents very interestingly because a lot of emotion with Logan going back against a team that I still consider a rival of the San Jose Sharks, even if things have cooled. To talk more about this subject, we are now joined by the longtime color commentator for the LA Kings. It is Daryl Evans. Daryl, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Ah, everything's great. Uh, you know, it's uh, an exciting day. It's always, you know, game days are always uh, special and looking forward to it. And any time the Sharks and the Kings come together, uh, we always know that, uh, you know, you put the records aside and it's going to be a competitive game. Yeah, it's always fun. And the overall stakes for the Kings um, have seemingly been ratcheted up, in my opinion, because, well, when we last played, I don't think that the Oilers uh, were looking anything like this and having won 13 (laughs) games in a row they were improving they'd have it at an earlier eight game winning streak but this now as opposed to a correction it feels like that team has figured things out and it's just making everything in the pacific and in the west overall uh it's been a complete game changer so now that la is in that wild card spot has the mentality around the team changed at all not really you know i think uh you know for the most part you know they've been pretty focused on what they need to accomplish uh, they need to get their game back on track, and it's you know it's definitely showing glimpses of it the last few games. It's not that it was that bad over the stretch where you know they only have had two wins in their last dozen games. Uh, they just haven't been able to score with the uh, you know with the efficiency that they had in the early part of the season. So defensively, they're still pretty solid. 
But uh, offensively, uh, they're looking to score some goals. So I think that's the biggest concern is uh, the lack of offense. Uh, power play has kind of turned it up a little bit. Penalty kill remains strong, but it's the five-on-five play, the lack of production five-on-five that's been uh, the area of concern for the Kings. What is your overall take just on Edmonton watching them come back? Has this been your expectation all along, even when they were struggling? Not not to be this dominant. I mean, we all know they're a good hockey club. And, you know, with the players that they have, it's a world-class, uh, you know, team out there that, you know, they're, they're going to have their periods where they're going to they're going to go on streaks. But uh, to say it would have gone this long. And I look at like the games, there's a lot of games they're battling from behind. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they maybe they have established a little uh, a little bit more character in their game. Uh, there's no doubt they're playing with all kinds of confidence right now. And it's not necessarily the big guys that are getting the job done. They're getting some balanced scoring contributions from different guys, and uh, they're 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 rolling right now. It's not a team you want to be playing against right now. Let's talk about uh, the Kings more specifically. You referenced the last dozen games, and that was one of the things I wanted to get to. Is that you know we've watched the team have some struggles in the last twelve or so games. What do you think is different about this team now as opposed to the first twelve games of the season? Well, I think when you look at you know what's happened recently, again we we talk about you know the early part of the season, Kings were scoring goals. Uh, pretty much at will. Uh, and a lot of their goals came from structured play, strong defensive play, playing on the right side of the puck. And it's not that their structure or their, you know, their systems have broken down. You know, you got to credit the opposition, you know, with the Kings getting off to such a good start, it caught everybody's attention. And, uh, you know, teams have made some adjustments. Now it's the responsibility of the Kings to make those adjustments going the other way. And when you're going through a rough patch, you know, you lose your sla- your swagger, you lose your confidence. And, you know, sometimes, you know, things that were going well for you earlier aren't happening right now. And you kind of squeeze the sticks a little bit tighter. It's not the first time it's happened with the Kings or any other team, nor will it be the last time. I mean, these are the things that, you know, you have to battle through. You've got to learn. And hopefully it makes you a better team when you come out on the other side of it. As I said, the last few games, we've seen some glimpses of things starting to, you know, come around a little bit. They went into Carolina, won a big game, and then had a big win against the Rangers uh, the other night. So, uh, again, tight defensive plays. Always been, the you know, the DNA of this hockey club for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, they've got to, you know, maintain that. And then offensively, you know, this is, they've probably got as much offensive ability as they've had in a lot of years. So they've got to execute. And uh, it's the responsibility of each individual when the opportunities come to make sure that they finish. Uh, don't pass up opportunities. Put the pucks in the net. And, uh, you know, you, you look for a little bit of puck luck every once in a while, too. And they could use a little bit of that right now to kind of right the ship and get the offensive flow going for them. We obviously know head coach Todd McClellan very well here in San Jose. And, you know, he's been at this a long time. And I know that that final year in San Jose, there was from some of the fans, there was criticism that Todd never seemed to hit the panic button at every time. And I've seen that again on social media that people are saying that, you know, Todd's not fired up after some of these losses. Before we talk about Todd specifically, when you played, did a coach hitting the panic button ever help you? Because I think if you're a player and suddenly your coach is playing that card, that might be a little unsettling to the dressing room, right? Yeah, you know, I think from a standpoint of a coach to go snap, crackle, pop, I think you can do that, you know, maybe two or three times through the course of the year. I think when you do it on a consistent basis, it kind of wears thin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, players become immune to it. They just, you know, they just turn you on or turn you off. So I think coaches have to be very selective in the way they, they do it. Today's athlete is a lot different than it was 30, 40 years ago. And, uh, you know, I think Todd, uh, you know, to his credit, does a good job at, you know, 
concealing that. Uh, I'm sure he has his moments behind the doors with the guys, but you know, again, that's, that's their space and you know, that that's the way it should be back there. But um, you know, again, when times like this aren't, aren't going that well for your hockey club, sometimes you don't want to see your, you know, your coach kind of lose his composure as well. I think sometimes people, especially young players are going to look behind and, you know, I think they can understand when a coach is doing it for a reaction and uh, you know, they, they, they'll understand that. But if that happens too much, yeah, again, you just turn it off. But uh, again, this is, you know, coaches, players, management, everybody's involved in this. They all feel the same, you know, the same strain that's going on right now. They know there's a lot of pressure on and they feel the heat of the teams behind them, uh, you know, and now all of a sudden everybody's uh, tightened things up. And as you mentioned, the Kings found themselves in a, in a wild card spot as a coach, as opposed to a top three spot. And, you know, that's uh, that definitely has, uh, you know, their attention right now. And, they don't. They don't like wh- where they're at. They want to continue to keep moving. And regardless of what the other teams are doing, the Kings have to make sure they've got their game at its best right now. They've got another handful of games here before the uh, be br- the break at the beginning of February, and they want to make sure that they're playing good hockey going into that break. And we do know that things change over the course of the season. I I know that we love to react to the to the micro. What have we seen in the last you know two weeks? And it sometimes gets a little bit over it gets put under the microscope i mean listen edmonton was you know down there with the sharks uh not too long ago and now they've been red hot and you know vancouver they've been keeping it rolling but you know then you go and look at what's going on in the uh in the central and you've been watching you know the winnipeg just be a a story that i don't think i didn't have them playing like this and i don't know if it's going to continue be great for the league if it does because i love watching different teams have their moments but you mentioned we're coming up towards the break so all of the trades chatter starts happening and that starts coming out there if we make you uh armchair gm what what would be the type of the move that you would like to see the kings make to bolster i mean i know you point to offense because the defense certainly hasn't been a trouble but you know w- when do those talks in your mind start to really heat up well i think they're, they're ongoing you know through the course of the year uh i think every gm is aware of you know where they are and with regards to the salary cap uh, you've had a chance to, you know, look at the players that you have on your NHL roster. You also look at the players that you have on your, on your farm team, and to see the way that they've developed. We've seen a couple of guys come up and get opportunities. Uh, Sammy Fagamo right now is up. Uh, you know, guys like Turcotte, Akil Thomas that are playing extremely well down there. You know, their names pop around from time to time. But I think as you look at the trade deadline coming up, uh, the Kings, uh, you know, look at that trade deadline almost from within and uh, what i mean by that is uh, they have a player that hasn't played all year and victor arvidson that is now on the ice and i think having him return to the lineup will be almost like either adding a player via trade or uh you know a free agent uh and he's an experienced player he's already a fit you know exactly what he brings to the table the tenacity uh the offense uh, so th- they'll welcome him back when that, when that time does come, uh, you know, we're not talking, you know, the next day or two or, you know, next week, uh, it's still a little ways off, but with the, you know, the break coming at the beginning of February, they're hoping that shortly thereafter that he'll be able to join the team. And uh, I think he'll have an impact upon his return uh, to the, to the existing roster. Sharks are a team that just got a big player back in Logan Couture after missing, um, the previous 45 games of the season comes and plays in game number 46 and gets back out on there. What does that mean when a team gets not only a, a player of Logan Couture's caliber back, but the captain back? Because to me, it was no surprise that in his first game back out there on the ice, even if uh, Anaheim is not a world beater, 
it still didn't surprise me that the Sharks were able to get the win. No, it's a big emotional boost. And, you know, I'm sure Logan has been around the locker room quite a bit, probably a lot more recently, you know, as he's getting closer upon his return and skating with the guys and that. But it's a, it's a different thing when you've got him actually on the bench, uh, you know, during situations, uh, you know, just the words that can be said, you know, between periods, uh, you know, shift to shift on the bench, the inspiration that he can provide, the experience that he's had. It's definitely got to be a comfort thing for the coaching staff to have a guy of that caliber back, uh, you know, back back in the mix of things. He makes everybody else better, and uh, he also changes the complexion uh, of the of the team. The opposition look upon the Sharks differently when they know they've got a guy like Logan Couture in the lineup. So uh, he'll draw a lot of attention out there. I'm sure he's going to have his peaks and valleys. It happens with all guys. You, know, you get that adrenaline flow when you first come back, and then all of a sudden you settle in a little bit. And let's face it, he doesn't come back at an easy time of the year, you know, even though he's as fresh as can be. Uh, it's the timing. You know, the players in the league right now have got 45 games under their belt and they're they're in uh, midseason form. So he's not only got to catch up to get to where he was before. Now he's got to catch up and be in midseason form. So that makes it a little bit more of a challenge. But I'm sure they've embraced his return and uh, he'll have an impact in a lot of different ways on that team. Obviously, the Sharks had been going through it. They had lost 12 in a row before they beat Montreal uh, a little over a week ago, and then they had losses to Ottawa, Buffalo, shootout loss to Chicago before they come back home and got that win on Saturday night. Um, from from just your perspective as a player, because we've heard you know our head coach, you know David Quinn, be very honest about how losing you know wears on players and wears on everybody, despite you know what they might want to say and, and put up a brave face. You know, it points at your career when things weren't going well. I mean, how difficult is that to go through, you know, just losses that, you know, that mount up? Because it does, it happens to every athlete. It really does. And it does take its toll on you because, you know, well, let's face it, what happens at the rink, you know, kind of resonates. You know, you take it home with you and you, you become a little bit more testy with your wife, your girlfriend, even your family, uh, your children. And, you know, it just, it, 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 no, nobody feels good about it. No, nobody likes to lose. And every, everybody, you know, w wants to win games. And, you know, that's that's just the competitiveness in everybody. But at different stages uh, in all franchises, you go through what you might call a rebuild or things like that. Or when things aren't going well, that's where the importance and the strength of a locker room, uh, the, you know, that family kind of, you know, unity that you have amongst your teammates, the coaching staff, you really have to stick together. It's easy to point the finger. But a lot of times you have to look in the mirror and, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And the teams that can work their way through the, you know, the uh, the valleys, those are the ones that are going to have more success, you know, in the long run. Uh, again, you, you can learn from it. Sometimes it's that, you know, one or two steps backwards that allow you to propel forward. And it's uh, it's how you manage it and uh, the way you the way you come out of it. What do you think Todd is telling his players about tonight's game, knowing that the Sharks have been in it? They've been in the in the struggle bus. I mean, that's a very clear reality, but, you know, every team has a correction at times. How does Todd frame this to his players to say, like, hey, they can still bounce, they can still beat teams? Well, he knows that team's got a lot of pride over there on the other side, having been with them and knowing the organization and know, knowing the teams in the NHL. Uh, you know, And the Kings – you know, from their standpoint, they know exactly, you know, what the Sharks are feeling right now because they haven't had a lot of success themselves. So uh, you're looking at a couple of desperate hockey clubs, uh, you know, maybe sitting in different spots in the standings, but still desperate to get their, you know, to get their A game back. So, uh, you know, in this case here, it's, 
yeah, Todd will make them aware of, you know, San Jose and, you know, where they're at. The, the Kings is a team. Again, this, you know, they've played each other already a couple of times this season. So they know what San Jose is about. And when you get into rival, you know, type of games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the records get put aside, uh, you know, because because of the pride that's between the teams. And a guy like Couture will bring them that type of an injection, you know, coming back into the series now. Uh, but the Kings are looking to, you know, get their game right. Uh, you know, and, and they feel if they execute their game to its highest level that, uh, you know, they should be in a good spot to win, uh, you know, not only tonight against the Sharks, but against every team. So uh, that'll be the approach that they'll take tonight is to try to bring their best game and at the end of the night, find a way to get two big points. I have to imagine that they can point at their struggles and say, despite everything we've gone through as of late, they are only one point behind Edmonton, who will not cont- I mean, they they won't surge forever. They will come back to earth. But is I mean, are, is that not a justification or anything like that? But they're saying like, hey, we haven't played well, guys, and we're still only a point out of occupying third place right now and seven back of where Vegas is. Like they're still in a very good spot. Like that has to embolden them a little bit as well, right? Yeah, there's no doubt that you know you feel you know a little bit you know better about that. But you know sometimes some people might say to you want to completely bottom out you you might be better to play you know completely awful and that way at least you can sit there and kind of not tease yourself and say oh, oh well if this two minutes in that game this one minute in that game you know if we would have got a save here if this guy would have scored there you know it, sometimes it's easier when you, you know everything is broken down that you kind of have to hit the complete reset button but uh in the king's case right now it's it's tinkering uh you know just getting getting it all together at the same time. They've had nights when, you know, certain parts of the game have worked really good or a couple lines have been on and, you know, one or two of the other lines hasn't worked. So in the early part of the year when everything was in sync, they were a well-oiled machine, and uh, that's what they want to get back to, uh, you know, for the remainder of the season. A quick one for you as we end here. Was Patrick Waugh being back in the NHL as a head coach on your 2024 bingo card? <laughs> I don't know as I had him there as a coach or a player on the pond to return first, but no, <laughs> I definitely caught it. But I think the most, uh, probably the, the biggest part of the, the attention was where he went, you know, and uh, teaming up over there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see the way it plays out. We know Patrick is a, an emotional type of guy. And, yes. Uh, you know, he got a lot of passion for the game. And, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to let his emotions and everything be felt. And uh, he'll definitely give that, uh, that, you know, that organization, that franchise, the team, uh, a boost, uh, and, and inject some uh, energy in them. And we'll see how it plays out for them. I love it. Well, Daryl, I will let you go, man. I appreciate your time as always. Have a great broadcast tonight, and I'm sure I'll be bugging you again soon. All right? Anytime, my friends. Stay healthy and well. We look forward to catching up again soon. Again, that is Daryl Evans, the longtime color commentator for the LA Kings, joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Always fun talking with him. And of course, the Sharks, they're at it 7.30 tonight right here on the Sharks Audio Network. Of course, we will have pregame coverage starting at 7 o'clock. And you'll have two DRs tonight, Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. And then I'll be back with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide as we take a look back at that game and look ahead to the game against the New York Rangers, who the Sharks are hosting 7.30 on Tuesday night. And then the Sharks get a few days off before they host Buffalo on Saturday afternoon. I will be on NBC that day with our good friend Brody Brazil. And then the Sharks are back at it the following Tuesday, hosting Seattle before they travel to Anaheim to finish off the month of January. And then they get a couple of weeks off as they have the all-star break and get back at it eventually in Winnipeg. But we are all out of time. Like I said, I'll see you all tomorrow morning for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. 
This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.